podcast another week another podcast um i guess we'll just get right into it so last tuesday god the tastes fecking bleed together um I, last tuesday i went to a show at the way station called all i've got is a photograph it was organized by Alyssa flynn it was a really great um singer songwriter thing where the idea was to find a purchased picture that was not your own found random in a thrift shop or you know, in, in, in hobby shops or whatever, wherever you can find like these kind of random old photos and then write a song about it or a story. There were stories read as well. In a thrift shop? You got $20? Are you going to pop some cash? You got $20 in your pocket? Wow. It's and a, I went immediately it's, it's a new to thing. look at this photograph. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. That's a terrible song. But there's <laughs> an Instagram parody that's awesome though. Really? Yeah, oh, I'll show it about to you. About food? Yeah. I've seen it. Okay. Anyway, so this this event was a lot of fun. Um, there were great performers there who did songs and stories based on these random pictures that they found. Um, I took a bunch of pictures, which are up on the Facebook page. I'm going to hopefully write an article about it, but I wouldn't hold your breath. Um, <laughs> I have no expectations. None. That's basically our theme, isn't it? It's been lately. Um, but uh, but it was a really great event, and um, Alyssa does... Alisa, I believe her name is, does the events like this every month. The next one for... Or it's every three months. The one she's doing for July is uh, It Takes Two. And it's singing duets. So performers coming in as a pair and singing duets. Which... which original which du- Original duets? No. It, it, uh, you can, well, either or. You can write a duet or do a cover. You, you can be a little bit of country, Steve. And I'll be a little bit of rock and roll. Oh, God. Yep. Don't go down well, that route. Actually, so I may actually be performing at that event. I'm not sure yet, though. Wait, what? What's... <gasps> no! We gotta do Gorillaz. I mean, you can come if you want, but can you play gorillas? It's no, not no. karaoke. I'm going to sing. You can do everything else. Ha-ha. First up, just to rewind, I would never be a little bit of country. <laughs> just a, Well, maybe a little bit. If it's only a little bit, I'll take that. Just a little bit of country. Okay. But you're not a little bit of rock and roll. You're I know. a lot of rock well, and roll. Well, he wasn't any rock and roll. a shit ton of rock and roll. He wasn't any rock and roll, so I'll be a lot of rock and roll, and it'll balance. I guess that logic is sound, is it? Is it? No. John's uh, logic no, okay. is never sound. You want me to explain my logic? You want me to explain my logic? We're just going to go in a circular pattern, kind of like an eight that got too drunk and fell over. Well, that sounds fun. It makes me want to go down that route. No, no takers. Oh, and also, um, there may be more uh, video content coming up on the YouTube channel, so scope that out as well. Which is Crash. It should be Crash Chords. It, the channel should just be called Crash Chords, as far as I remember. You don't know our YouTube channel. <laughs> we only started using it again like two weeks ago. Yes. And actually, Steve started using it. Yeah, I, 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 I just like we put just it out there, the you links. know. All, Joe, Joe Rude's video, all edited, looked pretty good. I yes. And I will so be post- part of it. I, will I really be, am. I will be posting a video, possibly this week, of um, one of the performers, Sarah Bisman, from this show. Um, which uh, which was an acoustic folk kind of performance, which was a lot of fun. And also, speaking of that Joe Rude track, that was Feeling Good by Michael Bublé, which was played at the Muse concert at MSG that I just went to last Tuesday. 
they actually covered Feeling Good by Michael Bublé. Excellent. But it's not really by Michael Bublé. It's actually by... <laughs> it's actually by... Um... You're almost Bublé-ing into affinity. <laughs> Help! Oh my God! Anyway. I don't know where to end. <laughs> I had a point, I think. Yeah, oh, that's right. Uh, it actually was not. Uh, co- it was actually was not by Michael Bublé. He was, covered it as well. Yes, he, it was a cover from a 1960 some uh, Broadway play. Ah, I forget the name. Like like Istanbul, which I was right about. That's right. Similar. Yeah. Very similar. Yes. Um, See, so he, he's he's proud. Did, did anybody? He can be a proud guy. Did Did anybody open for Muse? Um, actually, yes. There was a band that opened with Muse. That you don't remember. Uh, that I don't remember. They, they didn't. That, they did not leave that not, much of an impression. Obviously, did well, not the thing is, this is this is the gist here. Because I had not been to Madison Square Garden in a pretty long time up until this point. So when I went, it was like a sensory overload. I forgot all of the theatrics and the oh, yeah. pyrotechnics that go into this whole event. But the only thing is that it was all surrounding Muse. It's like that Muse had gone over the rehearsal a billion times to get every little thing right. The lights are going to come out this way. You're going to be lowered from here. The piano's going to pop out here, and you're going to go right to it. And then the opening band got, like, two minutes to be like, you guys know what you're doing, right? Okay, good. Get off. (laughs) Like, there was nothing, nothing at all. They went went kiss level. Yeah. And also the acoustics weren't that great for them anyway, but that's not their fault. That's uh, that's the the soundboard. Well, also... The the opening bands for a lot of big shows like that don't really get the royal treatment. Unless well, that's true. I actually we actually shows. expected that it should have probably should have been a night with Muse rather than having an opening band. Well, I mean, when I saw ICDC at MSG, the Sword opened for them. The Sword are pretty much a metal band, and they got as good a treatment as ACDC because they've been around a while as well, and they had their own stuff. And right. so you just discredited what you just said. No. Yeah. I said it depends on the relation to the other band and or po- popularity or equipment. Okay. <laughs> He's being contradictory. That's John. That's what he does. Yeah, it is. I'm it's being true. confrontational. Same thing. No, no, you'll be confrontational later. Yes. <laughs> which brings us to our album, which you should introduce. It's your yes. album. Um, this, week. this week was my pick. It was One Republic's new record, Native. Um, Their third studio release. Correct. Um, One Republic known for big singles like um, Apologize and Secrets. Um, this is their latest record. The first single off it was Feel Again, which I had mentioned on the website sometime late last year, actually. This album was a while. Wow. Yeah. The, the first single came out back in September, I think. You have been talking about One Republic for a pretty long time. Remember that time when I thought you meant One Direction? Yeah. Because <laughs> you're a tool. <laughs> I'm a tool. Well, I was does... scared that you were a tool. That's Uh-oh, why yeah, I am. Um... Well. I overreacted. Um, You're still a tool. You're just children. Not, not as tooly. I children. He's gonna Remember when we did tool? You're but going to the corners again. <laughs> One Republic. Um, I ca- I mentioned a lot when we did the script because they're in the same vein of kind of pop. Not even rock. It's just kind of. Pop music, pop R and B. Well, I'm yeah. very offended that. Well, not that I should really anyone should really care. That Wikipedia is just what people think. But someone thought that this was uh, alt rock, which offends me very deeply. It's not. I could see their pop alt elements, but not alt rock. No, I can't see rock elements in this. No, they uh, you, know, you know what? Even the alt is a little thin. Uh, no, sorry. The po- the rock itself is a little thin. There's I two but the alt is non-existent. Well, keep in mind also that their first album was. A little more on the pop rock side, I think, and that might be why they're labeled as such. Right. And then this new album clearly is more st- 
straight up pop or pop R&B. Some might even call it a little bit of dance rock, a little bit. I mean, yeah. there's elements of it that are just very monotonous. If, if you enjoy monotonous, you'll probably be dancing to it. I'm, I'm if gonna you make, don't, you won't. I'm going to make a general overreaching statement. They Ooh. are pop R&B. I think that quantifies the bulk of this album. They dabble in a lot of R&B, so yes, I would agree with that. I mean... The middle latter half, yes. Of this record specifically? Yes, this okay, record yeah, specifically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'd get on board with that. But let's talk about the record now. Counting Stars, first track. I like the generic, soothing intro of it. It was, it was a nice intro. It wasn't anything spectacular as far as intro goes, but it wasn't a terrible opening track. I thought it was appropriately placed. It had a decent mix and a strong start for for the song, anyway. Well, it's funny that on successive listens, I started to see the first track as a bit stronger by comparison to the first. Because when I, when I first heard it, I was like, all right, I'm kind of medium on this. But I really started to realize how far and above it stands beyond the rest of the album, at least in terms of the melody. The melody is very creative, I felt. Um, and a lot of that comes from the lead singer singing as well. He does a great job with the lyrics of the song, even though the lyrics aren't yeah. stellar lyrics, they're still good. They're, they, they have strengths. Yeah. yeah. And there's one lyric in particular, one, one, one grouping of lines, old, but I'm not that old, young, but I'm not that bold. And I don't think the world is sold. I'm just doing what we're told. I mean, I, I like no, that. That is actually kind it's of got a nice good, rhyme. Yeah. Good wordplay, not a hundred percent, you know, original. I see. I've seen themes well, like this before, but it is catchy. It is jumping. No, yeah, this is the catchiest song I think um, on the album. Mm. I didn't say best. I said catchy. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, I catchiest. guess I can see that. Yeah. This is a much more uplifting. Very. Yeah. Uh, it, it, Probably one of the more quicker-paced tracks. Yes. Um, in fact, the only thing that really separates it is the acoustic intro, which, yeah. by the way, was really sweet and led me to believe I was going to get a whole different thing. Yeah. I'm going to say, before we even get into anything else, I'm going to say that this album probably deserved a lot more acoustic. Because the Deluxe Edition, even though we're not going to really rate it as such, the Deluxe Edition featured three uh, self Covers self version, uh, different versions of uh, acoustic versions tracks. of other songs featured yeah. on the album, and it was, they I thought were yeah. actually. I'll just get this out of the way and say they were superior to the original tracks. I in just, my opinion, for 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 I lose my uh, if I lose myself, I disagree. For the other tracks, I agree. The thing is, as we get deeper into this, there's going to be a lot of repetition, a lot of this ubiquitous '80s pop sound that just starts to take over. My biggest complaint it, about this record, I can't get away from it. After my biggest complaint about this record is. They're, first of all, the strongest album that they had made, and it's still now their strongest record, is Waking Up, their second record, the one that features Secrets. Secrets is one of their... It, it's such a great single, but it's also such a great pop track, just the way it's constructed. And there are shades of that on this record, but nothing comes close to what they had done in the past anywhere on this record. There are some songs that kind of almost get there, but it's just not... we're going to pull another quote, because apparently, according to uh, according to the guy here... Uh, does anyone remember his name? The Who? main, the... The lead singer? Yeah, lead, lead singer. Uh, it Tedder. escapes me. Tedder. Okay. That's the name. Yes. Um, apparently he had said something to the effect of that he wanted this to be the best stuff they'd ever written. Mm -hmm. He, I guess he put this, uh, he put a lot of emphasis on this album, I think. Maybe for their career, the fact that people started to watch them. He, he wanted to raise the bar. I, I don't really think it was achieved. But 
It's what he wanted. Right. Which kind of makes me go back to that whole Billy Joe Armstrong thing. It's like he wanted that album to be, he epic. wanted Trey to be epic, yeah. and obviously it wasn't. Now, I'm not really putting this on level with Trey, but oh no, this I, is I, I'm always, I'm always wary of those kind of like too high expectations. It, it goes all back to, for video game fans, Peter Molyneux, the guy who created the Fable game series, always, without fail before the game comes out, goes, it's going to be this, and then it's never that. Yeah. Regardless of what he says. You see, Matt is gesticulating with his arms very widely set apart up in the air. You do this to me all the time. <laughs> That's fair. And when he when he when he emphasized the word this, he he threw his arms up and 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 then he shook his head no, saying no, it was not in fact and quote this. Right now, Matt is giving you this look like, are you mocking my existence? Is it, that what you're doing? This is the, what he's saying with the, his eyes right now. The actual now. term Larry. is the hairy eye. It's the hairy eye he's giving me. <sighs> stink eye. Or possibly, yes, the stink eye. The stink eye, eye yeah. Well, but it was both eyes, which implies hairy eye. Stink eye is a single eye. Anyway, back to the album. That's a I, fun fact. I, I'm going to take that to the grave. <laughs> track, which, keep talking the way you're talking, it'll be in a few days. <laughs> track two. <laughs> Track two, If I Lose Myself. I enjoyed the lyrics the first time they sang it. I did not enjoy it nearly as much the second time they sang it. This started the trend of no change in the chorus and verses. I do not appreciate that at all. As much as I would Uh, agree that the song had its repetition within it, I thought that as far as what you felt from a song... This one had one of the larger emotional impacts. There are songs that come later that also have it, but this song just really hit me in a place with the the, the, the arrangement of the lyrics, how he sang them, even though they weren't the most complicated a, lyrics, there was a passion in the way he was singing It definitely that. had an emotional element coming later. As far as the beginning, I was still a little critical of, I guess, the, the, its formulaic nature, which was very much, uh, you know, your, your, your steady beat to introduce gradually layer and get a little bit stronger, the, the predictable pickup. Everything about it was, you know, trying to... Build up. I think it peaked a little fast. That was my that was my one issue with it. But that said, I really really started to notice his vocal quality in this track because he was actually singing out as opposed to the more uh, rhythmic based um, uh, speak songy that he was uh, style that he was doing in the previous track. Yes. Here he was really singing, and he's a very good falsetto. I'm gonna give him that straight up. And I I got an, I got a, a qualm about this. This song felt a little out of place because I felt like this was an end-of-album song. It had a finality nature to it that I just... I really couldn't get over and kind of hitched it when it went into the next song. I, I, I just couldn't quite But where are you pulling the finality it. from? Because it's not in the lyrics. No, there's a finality in the lyrics. Uh, I was dithering back and forth in this there was, point. There I was, don't know. I don't think so. I felt the the, the, an you ending heard tone. An ending mm-hmm. tone in the musical aspect is definitely there. Well, let's talk about the end of the song, though, because the end of this song, uh, just to cut away to everything, just suddenly drops out, and then you have kind of that courtesy piano outro, uh, equipped with that classic <laughs> auditorium upright piano, you know, the, the, right? Which oh, I, I gotta, I gotta bring this up. That's a kind of a weird thing to me, like. I feel like that's been used so many places, and I've definitely mentioned this before in previous podcasts, because it's a very popular thing to do now. You bring out the, the, uh, like the, it exudes a man sitting alone in an auditorium, just playing on sort of a crappy upright piano, and just playing something solemn and introspective. The only thing is, if you're being really, truly introspective, why would you be in an auditorium? 
Why wouldn't you just be back in your apartment? Like, I, I guess I find that a little bit pretentious. Not to say that it can't be done right, but it didn't help that it wasn't connected is to the rest this, of the song. I don't, I don't think that it's about about being introspective. I think it's about being alone or feeling alone. Because what's lonelier? Being in your apartment playing piano by yourself? Ah, or being no, in no, an no, 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 you bring up a good point there. Because there definitely is a loneliness uh, feeling to this song. I guess musically I didn't really feel the connection. Okay. Because the rest of the song, even though it's emotional, felt a little warmer. Much, much warmer than this ending. I mean, it was a very yeah, cold outro to a fairly warm song. I could say I that. mean, Well, because it's about finding yourself from the loneliest as opposed right. to being lonely. I mean, lonely. especially the instrumental. The instrumental was beautiful. And even though it, I, I shouldn't even call it an instrumental. I should call it like a synth-strumental. I'm coining that term right today. Maybe you need to use this in the future. Synth-strumental. My thing. I'm pretty sure you didn't make that one up. I did. Well, yeah, actually, we'll I'm, yeah, it starts to Google, Google it. Yeah, we'll yeah Google just it. if anyone's listened to Google it, I probably didn't I forget make it what rule it is, but if you make up a word, I'm pretty sure it's already on the internet. Probably. Probably. Yeah. One day I'll get lucky. One day. One day. Anyway. Point is, I, I rather liked that. Even though it was just, like, looped maybe four times, it was it was rather beautiful and it had a punch to it. Like I said, the repetition wasn't so bad in the song that it was jarring. It was just, it was noticeable, but it didn't, it didn't... The thing is, there is evidence it didn't of... Kill lo- the there's evidence of loops... The song still moves. Yeah, it, it has emotion it to it. It did grow, yeah. At least a little. Yeah, but uh, just to go way back to what you were saying, John, I don't really think that that piano outro would have made a great album closer. I disagree. I agree rather with Steve. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't say it would make a great one. It felt like a finality track. I just don't think so. Track. I don't know. That's the vibe I got from it. Um, and I really did not like the way it led into Feel Again. It was a little too fist pumpy for that, I think. Well, Feel, Feel Again was the single off the, um, off the re- the first single off this record. My biggest problem with, with Feel Again was, I mean, even though it was fun, you know, it was kind of predictable. And This track definitely peaked too fast. Yeah, oh, and my worst, the thing I hate about this song so much, I, I like the song, I really do, but every time it ends, it jars me, because the ending is just, it's so poor it literally is just a ending where everything drops and stops and it's it just feels like the song hadn't hit its peak yet it just they kill it before it's fully evolved right because it's a great it, it's That's not a pop gr- surprise surprise a lot of but time. it's a good song it could have been a great song if they might have maybe at least expounded on it a bit because it was going somewhere and the lyrics were okay. They weren't great, but it was very, it was emotional. The, re- the reason you feel that is because of the melody. The melody had this yeah. very expansive nature to it. The melody felt like it's going somewhere. The melody but the had the rest of the song, the backdrop, the figuration wasn't. The melody had the overlapping chorus work. Um. It was was it in the chorus? Uh, the overlapping choir work. No, I think you're thinking of a different track. Although it very well may have, there was a lot of choir work there was on, a, on there this was, entire album. There was yeah, a, there were like almost, almost too much so because it almost makes you just want to focus on the main vocalist. I mean, Ted, he's a very nice voice. I I would like to hear a little bit more of that. And sometimes I would like him to do a little more singing rather than ornamentation. You notice that? Ooh. Yeah. See that high note. That high note here. It was sung really, really beautifully. There was a high. This high note. It's like earlier on. And in it the was verse. drowned with the 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 preceding stuff. I don't know. I heard it pretty the stuff early that on. Fo- no, the stuff that follows it kind of kind of clipped it. Succeeding. Kind of yes. succeeding. <laughs> Thank you. I knew preceding was the wrong word, but I was going to go with it anyway. It was the succeeding of lines. all the prefixes to make up. To yeah, mess I know. Up. <laughs> I should have went with suffixes. <laughs> uh, oh, shush, Matt. 
the, that is eye rolling. The, <laughs> as we think. The yeah, that high note was pretty. It was no, it, it was, was a very nice pretty. level. Yeah. And but was, that's the thing. I noticed that, and then I want him to sing more and do maybe what he's doing with that ornamentation instead of being with all the entire melody. Yeah, yeah. It's like I feel like he's a little bit closeted about his talent sometimes. Closeted. That is a interesting way of putting it, and I definitely see what you're talking about. Hmm. And I definitely feel that may have been an aspect of this because there's not a whole lot of instrumentation. There's a lot of looping in this album. Yes. But it could, it, and, could be, it could be, though, that he's not doing it more because maybe he, maybe he can't. Maybe he's only good at it in small doses. Maybe, even though he's a great falsetto, maybe that variation that he does, maybe he can't do it all the time. Maybe it takes a strain on his voice. That's very nice of you to say. Right. I'm sure, I'm sure that if that is the truth, he will appreciate it having been said. Nevertheless, I'm I'm here to judge the product. That's fair. I mean, it's not whether we're putting our own opinions on such high a pedestal, but I'm just having I just have to say that for whatever reason, I don't feel that I, I don't feel that it worked as well as it could oh, have. Right. If, for instance, you know, his voice was, if it, if it is a matter of development, sure, then just it's a matter of training, but. I would like to hear more of it. I would like to hear more, more of a sing-songy quality. To we them. get we get that a little bit later on, but yes, before we get the, the 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 proper vocals, what you wanted. It's just a repetitive song that doesn't really go anywhere. It's, it's boring and it's starting to do one of the worst features I found in this album. That which tribal is, drum thing. The second worst feature that I found in this album, <laughs> which, which is the heavy, repetitive uh, lyrics. Can I just point out that the tribal drum beat, which is everywhere on this record, is kind of part of the theme of the record, even yeah. if it's done. Okay, po- like, the first I, time I am rejecting that instance of the th- like. If if that's all you need need to have a theme, if that's all you need no, for art, he says it's a drum. I am no, I didn't say one. that. I said it's an aspect of the theme. The song is called Native. The album, rather. Oh, but I'm not lost on that. I, I swear so, that I'm not lost on that. But Whether it was done well or not is another story. But I'm just saying I think the trouble be- tribal beat in general, featured in so many of the songs, is a pulling part of what he was going for as a theme. I don't think it was an accident. But do you feel that that really related to the, uh, the message, the lyrical theme? No, no, not at all. Speaking of lyrics. So isn't it a little I got- loose? This is why I thought it should have been acoustic. You follow me now? If it was acoustic, then that whole loneliness aspect, and a lot that he's saying about relationships here, I'd be able to follow that a lot more. The tribal thing was just, it It, it strikes me as the general pop trends just overtaking to make this sellable. That's what it struck me as. It could be better. Oh, yeah. I could talk again. Uh, yes, yes. Anyway, what you wanted. Had the you line. have your rants coming up, I know it. I know. Had the line, is that what you wanted, repeated ad nauseum. Verse, four repetitions of that line. Verse, four repetitions out of the line. Breakdown, eight repetitions of that line. There was a total of 31 lines in this song. And is that what you wanted takes up more than half. And that is phoning it in. Oh, I agreed 100%. Lyrically, yes. However, if the song itself were more interesting, repeating a line, like for example in dance songs and other stuff, it's done when it's over something that's more interesting, 
then it's clear that the lyric is just there to be a line, a message. Well, but the know, message, this, this but the, the message, let me make... finish my yeah. sentence, please. No. The, the message wasn't that strong to begin with on this song, so it failed on that level. And then the music also wasn't that interesting, so it failed on that level. However, there's place for lyrics like that when the surrounding is built well. The problem with this song was it wasn't. And yes, That's I will... exactly the point that I made to you earlier regarding some tracks later here. And yes, I do believe that's the, the same deal here. Thank you, Matt. I was going to go into that. That is correct. In this case, he's using did our not points. work. <laughs> there are my points too. <laughs> I gotta stop calling you things. I was having to argue with that earlier. Um, I don't have to say. Yeah, it this now. is a downturn. Get a drink. And we have one great thing coming up. I lived. I love this song. Acoustic guitar intro remains almost purely acoustic throughout the song, but yet still builds well and has. Very strong lyrics that kind of pull oh, you. Oh, it's got great lyrics. This one actually had great lyrics. Um, talking about how life throws so much at you. And you know what? I swear I live. That's that's the crux of this lyrical enterprise. I swear I lived. And I loved it. This the, also had... Uh, yeah, you continue. continue. This this is also the one I really felt... First time... It, the re, first time you really got proper lyrics in a song. Like, true, proper... Uh, you might have to expand on that proper. Yeah, I don't know what meaning, you mean by proper lyrics. <laughs> lyrics which... Proper. <laughs> evolve. Which change up. Which aren't telling a story, but are still really telling a story. We're not going, like, the folk, actual, tall tales type story. But one that actually progresses throughout the song and expands upon the song. And matches the way the actual build of the instruments goes. I take issue with you saying that a proper lyric is one that tells a story, because I disagree. You don't have to tell a story with lyrics for them to be proper. Yeah, multiple... I don't want to get ahead of us, as we're going to get into the lyrics a little bit. No, no. We... There's multiple ways to do proper lyrics. Okay. Because using... No, no, no. <laughs> is this in a book somewhere? <laughs> but that's no, not no, no, what no. you said. There's many ways to do this, lyrics. This was a proper lyrical style, I'll say. We'll change the word to style. I don't know. I, the only problem I have with this is just the, the whole proper terminology. Yeah, I, I think, think proper I, is the wrong I, word. I don't know the right word to use. I don't have a thesaurus. Well, let's just go with this. The message here, I think, was fairly straightforward. It was simply, if I lived... I hope that by the time that I die, I can say that I lived through that. I can say that I lived and achieved all that I wanted. Yes. I think that's a very simple message. I don't think it needs to be... Uh, um to be really read into that deeply. Uh, unless you have any specific lyrics that speak to its artistic no. merit. No. The strength okay. the strength and lyrics in a song are not necessarily what's said, it's what it's saying and how it's said. Right. And this particular case, I enjoyed it in the chorus. Yes. The chorus I think is what really drove this home. Yes. Um I particularly like the way it was stated in like the second iteration of I Did It All. The harmonies start swooping in with the core the the choir that i had previously disliked this was a very very artistic use of it i yes. felt this track and track seven which we'll get to because this is only track five both had very a very strong message in its lyrics even if the lyrics weren't the most complicated yeah. it still drove home a very clear message that was exactly. very powerful but it's like you said before it, it's how it's stated yeah so the reason i like the that that phrasing the second iteration of the chorus is because it really elevates it, it, it yeah. elevates that that message to a much higher status you yes. you it, it envelops you in a way and this is where the band really showed up too there was quality on the musical aspect of this 
that I, I felt there wasn't it wasn't just looping. They were actually restating themes in here instead of just. I think we're being too liberal the no- with the term looping. No, we're not. Depending um, on yeah, okay, you, you are that. right. Let's let's address that since you brought it up. Looping, it's true, is generally used in like a a, a techno setting, like for things that really are just you, they're stated once, maybe for a bar, you repeat it again, or maybe it's a four bar loop, you repeat the four bars again, again and again and again. It's true that this is not techno beats. We're not talking about beats here that are necessarily being looped. That's the point. But I'm trying to make. there are a lot of things that are repeated. There it's are figurations, refigurations that are being repeated. Yes. Underlying things, underlying uh, this, these. Even if it's just, even if it's just that tribal beat, to be honest, yeah. you know. Granted, so what if it's an instrument? As long as it does the same thing over and over and over, I'm still inclined to call it looping, All which right. is why I'm using it liberally. All right. Um, the next track, light it up. It was just, it was a cluster f- frack. <laughs> got gotcha yourself there it, oh, it, it's just it was one of those things well where you've got a singer who's clearly talented and has a great voice and what are you doing in this song you're completely mm. drowning him in all this other crap they really mm-hmm. did a terrible job of showcasing his vocals and then they covered it up with some and, and the almost wor- industrial well, the, style beat to it. And the worst part about it. it is it was even less industrial and more just a wall of sound. It got to a point where the tones were so meshed that it didn't even feel like independent sounds anymore at a point. Okay, this track, Light It Up, was the prime example of what you had said earlier, which I said was my point. This is... This is the prime example of a message that I don't really know how to gauge one way or the other. I, I don't. I don't really know what it means. Okay. And I, I'm definitely looking to John right here because I right. want him to explain. I, light I, it up. I think because. All right. Not only did I read the lyrics while listening to the song, not only did I search for band members explaining this song. Google didn't even have an answer. Nobody knows what this song. I'm looking truly for the John means. point of view. I believe it's more of a party <laughs> song. That you know, the last time I heard that wasn't Trey. You're he, not starting no, this no, very no. well. He and she are trying to set the world on fire. Oh God. Yeah, I think it's a one of fun those. much. A little fun. A little. Tribal rhythms much? <laughs> I mean, I don't know exactly. There's what There's reasons they're going why for. I say these things. It's. It's very clear lyrics that just really don't make sense. I think Matt was going to call me out on the, no, incredul- just, on the incredulous voice a little no, bit. Because I, I did pull Matt there. You I did, and I was going to say, Fun did not invent tribal beats. Oh, oh, pff, all right, all right. Of course they did not. But <laughs> Tribes invented tribal beats. This is my point. <laughs> they, and other bands have as, used them, too. They're about as old as it gets, actually, yeah. when it comes so, to music. Um but here, the thing is, I, for some reason, I'm not here to explain trends. I don't know why yeah. it's become so popular, but I am going to say that they're bringing it home. They're bringing yeah. it back, and everyone seems to love that these days. And it's becoming used in a lot of different bands, which is why it, it kind of strikes me that here in 2013, we're not that far into 2013, uh, One Republic just decides to go full force with this. Yeah. It, it's curious. Or it's very smart. I mean... Depends. I mean, some of the songs are aren't harmed by it. Other songs are. Yeah. It well, there's other stuff where I'm, I can forget it in lieu of yeah. you know things like vocals. But I think I but mean it's it, there. The, the pretty solid consensus between the three of us is that "Light It Up" is a wall of sound 
sprinkled with lyrics we don't understand, with a voice that's completely drowning in muck. It's 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 a thorny wall with wailing. I like that. That's that really what it is. But then we get to. Oh, no, 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 don't first of all. I don't want you to use butt to describe the next song. <laughs> well, no, there is a little bit, a little, a little bit of a butt when we go to the next song because there is that aspect that is immediately corrected in the next track because in the next track I care about the lyrics so much more than the previous track which is why they can get away with murder in this track can't stop I mean is probably I think everyone would agree the most emotional track on the album actually wait John did I you agree you did not agree no with that, I did not you? agree I, I don't do. either I do not agree most emotional how do I have how do I have you wrong on this? You I, don't. I thought I lose. If I lose myself, was more emotional. You really found that more emotional than "Can't Stop." That surprises me, actually. I actually disliked "Can't Stop" for. Well, we'll two get to reasons. why you're wrong in a minute. Two reasons. <laughs> um, there was a lot of good about it. There was because it was lighted up in a proper framework. It still kept a more of industrial, What's heavier styled. This was where there was some rock involved. Rock? All right. Rock. Is that like rock, but... I was, W-A... I was stuttering. I so mean, like uh, mawkish, rock. mawkish rock? It's R-A-W-K. Rock. There was rock. Let's rock. It uh, has actual lyrical composition. I did not enjoy the reverb in his vocals, and that was my main problem with this song. Okay, I, I, I know that you had that problem alone. So, I will, I will say that... I can understand why. Speak Steve... to the emotional element, yeah, please, I, Matt. I, I, I think I can understand why Steve would think that this would be my most emotional track. And honestly, I will confess that I think the reason I'm relating to "If I Lose Myself" more emotionally is because I'm more directly emotionally connected to it personally. Fair enough, but objectively but, speaking, but objectively speaking, "Can't Stop" is a song that, first of all, it resembles a very strong '80s '90s style R&B ballad, you know, and. It's message and emotion in this song is this just this you can't stop you have to keep going it's got a marching I beat. can't stop thinking about you even yeah. if I tried I can't stop thinking about you it it I guess it's plotting nature I feel um, which is it can be repetitive it definitely can be repetitive just like the previous track but because of this message that plotting nature really speaks to the message that what better use of it than here I'm almost willing to say it's accidental because there's so many tracks on this album that are plotting but, but but also the reverb that John talks about I feel completely contrary on I feel like the reverb adds to this when he's singing the, the chorus of Can't Stop and he hits this high register that he doesn't hit anywhere else in this album. Oh, I agree. It's pure raw passion and the reverb adds this kind of echoing, I'm hunting through a valley. I need this person. That, I can't stop. That this was vastness. no accident right there. No. That definitely enhances the it. The reverb adds to that vastness, this emptiness that he feels without this person that he can't stop loving. He can't that's stop right. caring. And that's where a lot of the emotional pull comes on this song too. So if you don't like it, I understand, but I think it comes down more to taste than poor choices. There's another aspect besides the reverb that I have with this song, and that I think they go a little too far with the message in the lyrics. I, uh, I started off hopeful on this song, because it does start off pretty nice, but it, it takes a turn on me about halfway through, and it starts getting creepy. And not in a good way. I did not enjoy the level of almost stalker that I was getting off of this. Still talking about Can't Stop. Still talking about Can't Stop. And hmm. 
I know, I know. We're talk- You thought I was talking about something else. Yeah, because you got a creepy issue with this album a little yeah, bit. I, I I'm sorry, but I don't see it, John. I th- it's no, oh, no, I, I do kind of see what you're saying later, but no, I but feel I'm like you guys are gonna have right, Yeah, this, here, this song I think is a little off the mark. Yeah, here he maybe I don't know. You're mis. I uh, feel like you're mistaking. I can't stop thinking about you. It's not, not creepy. That's yeah. a very relatable thing, which I'm yeah. sure all of us yeah, have gone through at some point. Yeah, but he keeps saying it over and over and over again. It just starts uh, getting that, to That's me. the point. He can't stop. Yeah. Why shouldn't he and stop saying it? And he's not stopping because he can't stop. But my point is, I the repetition just comes off too much for me. Too much. What? I, I would have liked more reasons as to why he can't stop thinking about her. And some 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 eloquence on it, but it's just I can't stop thinking about you. I can't stop, and it just it hit me the wrong way. See, but I'm looking at it a different way. I'm looking at it a way that he's the reason he's repeating it, and he can't say anything else is because he doesn't know what else to say. He's at a point where he's so desperate, not because he's stalking or because he's a creepy, but because he's so consumed by this pain and this torture that he just all he can say is that he can't stop, and he doesn't want to stop. And it's not because he's creepy or he's talking. It was because he's so in love and so impassioned. He has nowhere else to go and he cannot stop, but he has to keep moving. Been there much? Yes. <laughs> um, no, yeah, seriously, I, I agree with Matt completely 100% on this. This is, uh, especially, but the reverb enhances that feeling so much. It's like a cry out to someone help me. Because he would like to stop. I, I imagine think, he would like to. I think the main problem is the, the reverb coupled with this repetition turned on me. I well, think just when I heard look, it... It turned on me. Let me just get down to brass tacks here. I think that if I was to have one ma- one real issue with this song, I think it's that despite the use of that plodding rhythm and everything to, to go hand in hand with the theme, I think that it could have used a B section. Really, as many of these tracks could have used a B section. Um, not just like uh, another verse or a slightly altered bridge. I mean, like, something drastically different. Some introspective, um, I guess, anecdote to go with this. Breaking. A footnote, maybe. Breaking it up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of I these think songs that's suffered what this from classic could have used. A lot of the songs suffered from classic verse-chorus syndrome. Yeah, because with then, a few exceptions. And not even that. Within that, there's not that many. Actually, John did say this earlier, that there's not very many breaks not a distinction between that verse and chorus. Yeah. Even though obviously it's a different melody that you're doing for the for the chorus rather than the verse, I I, I don't feel that. I still feel the same sound. I don't feel the but, punch. But with this song, I felt the punch because his voice changed so much from the verse to chorus. I did hear that in the chorus. It's just it's the way it wrapped up. It's but just anyway, kinda, these songs don't climax; they dwindle. Now, for all my distaste of this song, which I did not like, I still appreciate. That it did have a, a, a real strong emotional value. And that doesn't demote it as badly as I may have made it out to be. It still has a lot of emotional strength in it. For all my dislike of the actual words, I get it. I get that strength there. I think this is one of those tracks that comes down to interpretation and personal taste. And I think that's really weird. Everyone listens to music differently. You say it, you <laughs> now officially said it more than I have in the last six months. <laughs> yes. Just so you know. Well, that was the only time I said but it. But actually, I was referring to our interpretation discussion last week. Visual interpretations. Well, and, and emotional interpretations. I feel like it's just, you, you're perceiving the song a little differently than we are. There's no kind of right and wrong at that point. 
Well, let's get to something we could really hash things out on. Let's by, because I know that you're waiting for burning bridges. I know we're that not, you're there we're not there yet. I know we're not there yet. The next so track let's is move tra- there. Yeah, the next track, track eight is Au Revoir. Au Revoir. Au Revoir. I I want to sum this up with the. It's a beautiful loop. Just I'm before, I'm using loop here. Oh no, because it's a loop. This song it is, is the beautiful. same from beginning to end. Yeah. Be- before before we really get into the song, this is another French song. We've had quite a few of those the last few weeks. Really? Really? Yeah. That's what you're honing in on? The yeah. French aspect? Actually, the French connection, this, so to speak? <laughs> this song starts off with beautiful wow. lyrics. Today I'm not myself, and you, you're someone else, and all these words don't fake, and all the stars can quit. They got a little poetry on us. They got a little free verse on us. They got a little song. Nietzsche on us, as... I think it was I hate, you who I hate, said that. I hate it when people use that term because everybody who wants to go philosophical throws out the word Nietzsche. You use that term. Though. I know, because it's kind of appropriate here. Yeah. They got introspective. Steve said that word, and it's really appropriate. It is appropriate, and let's put it this way. Even though it was a loop, and even though it didn't change much, I did find it kind of beautiful, and I could see what they were emulating. They were emulating bands like The Burning Paris come to mind, See Your Roast. These are very slow, introspective bands, and I feel like they do it with such artistic... Who knows? They, they're they're pulling something down from above, because I absolutely adore everything those two bands have done. But this, even though I could hear that vaguely, it seemed like it was lacking a purity of thought. I feel like you If that makes any sense. Yeah, and I feel like you're really reaching compared to those bands. I mean, I can understand a similarity, but it's just... This song was... Have you heard The Burning Paris? Yes. And so I, I see the similarities, but in quality, I'm sure I know The Burning Paris is way better. Of course. And with this that, song that's especially... That's the emulation, it's not as if it's a direct emulation, but there's a lot of... There's a lot of introspective stuff out there that tends to be very vast instrumentals. This is the closest thing on this album. You're going to get to a vast instrumental. Yeah, but also so, this song was completely repetitive to the point where the beauty, to me, got completely sucked out of it by the end of the song. You're not thinking about like the middle end of this track. The middle end of this track, despite the re- repetition, was filled with that sort of um, ambient chordal motion. Yes. I agree with Steve. Well, thank you. That's it? Well, you said all the words. You just want to get to the next track. <laughs> no, I said all my words, you said all I mean, all like I words. said, I don't think it's a bad track. It's just, as much as I love the beautiful piano, it got a little bland to me just because I couldn't help but notice the repetitive piano it's towards the, the end. Piano is the this strings, the entire structure of it. It's not that I'm saying it's directly following it, emulating it. I can't speak to that. But I'm telling you that the similarity is there. Oh, I'm not arguing the similarity anymore. I'm arguing that the track was good. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay, then we agree. Up yeah, until... the track. Was... No, I, that's the thing. The they're not was... succeeding. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I guess this is all kind of moot because I'm telling you they're not succeeding. Yeah, the track I, is I... not not good. It's 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 bl- it's kind of repetitive and bland. And like the piano was pretty for the first thirty seconds, and then it was the same oh, thing. And not yeah. to sound like a broken record, ha ha. But they're not they're not pushing it forward. There's no progression in yeah. this track, and that's why I think it fails. Yeah, I mean. Fail is a harsh word. We'll throw the out fact the word is, plotting. Always plotting. Eh. Uh, this is one of the few tracks where I told Steve a few times I had to focus on the music because I was just so not liking the lyrics. It was a bad idea. In this case, You're I was focused... You're on Burning Bridges now? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm still okay, okay. I was focusing on the lyrics because the music was background. You know, that's a funny thing. Because you actually, even in your 
even in your attempt to uh, make a connection here, I see that the exact opposite way around. I was much more attracted to the music here than I was with the. Uh, You're always the attracted to the music. All right, I like not her for in her every brains. single case. No, actually, in Can't Stop, I wasn't attracted to the music as much. I wasn't attracted to anything in Cap Stop. Mm. Okay. Everybody else talk because I want to go last on Burning Bridges. So Burning Bridges right. was one of the worst tracks on the record. Mostly because it wasn't mixed well, the lyrics were terrible, the lyrics were repetitive, the the song was very repetitive. It was just kind of not a well-made song. You know, I mean, it's also not... I, it's hard... It's hard for me to say it's the worst song ever made because I've heard some bad songs. But it definitely, for what I would expect... Yeah, that from, is really, really harsh. Right. And it's not that bad. However, knowing One Republic and knowing what they're capable of and even know, seeing what they've done on this record, it was just very disappointing. You're coming from this knowing their previous work. Correct. Um, for me, this track was really not that far off from a lot of other... from the rest of the tone of this album. It... The, my main issue with it was that it was really lacking that one other thing that I can say kind of holds it together. Uh, the problem here, I guess you could say, first of all, the R&B rhythm really didn't help it. Uh, I think what they had kept so far is like that tribal rhythm or whatever we're calling it. I, I don't think the R&B really fit. That was the one thing that didn't fit. But the, the rest of the tone, the, the figuration of the music behind it is still very much like any other track on this album. It's got that 80s sort of uh, synthy ethereal tone to it. You guys all were in the 80s. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. Yes. And it's ethereal. No, it no it's ethereal. <laughs> you idiot. It's ethanol. <laughs> ethereal. Ethereal. Oh, no, brother. no. Ethereal. Are you done, Cletus? Yup. <laughs> Uh-huh. So, the point is, it's just an amalgamation of the previous tracks. I, I, yeah. I found nothing to really... There's nothing attracting me. Yeah, I agree. Ooh, ooh, I go. Something no musical th- change whatsoever throughout the song. Okay, he agrees. Okay, number one. I know where he's going to Disgusting sing. lyrics, because the lyrics are supposed to be deep in this song, and this song really helps personify the problem I have with a lot of music. The line, you were burning bridges... You set me on fire. Honestly, completely unimaginative. And they were stated over and over and over again. And I talked about this earlier. Repetition can be a good thing. Not in this case. And what they did was they tried to make the words epic by saying them in different ways with different backbeats. And people will mistake that as epic. And that pisses me off. I truly found everything that is wrong with the lyrics in this, with the lyrics in in Bad Pop is in this song. And it's coupled with some of the most boring beats on the whole album. I really just hate this song. Okay. The term hate, I think, is a little bit harsh here. Just a little bit. Okay. I Uh, dislike the song. I'm going to open this only because... I don't usually do this because I do feel that we, we should, we're trying to be critics here. I think we should offer our own input. This first and foremost. But every once in a while, there's something that I notice that I just have to see. 
if I feel that it was it's so obvious, I need to see whether someone else has felt the same thing. So I started looking at the critical reception of this album, and I think one directly speaks to what you were saying and what we've been saying for the last couple of tracks. USA Today wrote about this album that Ryan Tedder neither surprises nor disappoints, offering sturdy, atmospheric pop. That's what this is, in a nutshell. I don't think that quote, I think that quote really, really I think like sums this up in a nutshell. I think it's very, very There's other, other quotes that I might uh, throw out there later, but I, that, that's one of the reasons why I can't really say hate. I think that it is safe, very safe, but let me get back to the lyrical content, because that seems wait, wait, to be wait. the thing that you really I wanna, hate. I want to change. You hate the message. No, no. No, that's no, the next that's track. No, that's the next track. This track, oh. I dislike everything about it. The next track I hate. This track I dislike everything. Because <laughs> okay. the next <laughs> we'll go something with that. I need is track ten. This is this track. While it has a lot of the problems of the previous stuff, doesn't quite reach the same level. Except in one aspect, the message of this track is purely distasteful in my mouth. It is something I rail against. And it's the message of... it's. I feel like this song is essentially a suicide pact between, uh, between two children. That's what it feels like to me. So, the, the big problem with this song and the way it was written, which is surprising considering how typically, at least average or well, One Republic tends to write lyrics, is... It's a lot of... The song is a lot about... If I can't live, if I can't live without you, I don't want to live. And or if I'm going down, I'm taking you with me. It does harken back and refer to on certain parts of the songs about how person A is person B's crutch or person B's safety net. But then he'll write lyrics right after saying that I'm still taking you with me. But I go flying off the edge. You go flying as well. You got something I need. This is the chorus. You got something I need in this world full of people. There's one killing me. And if we only die once, I want to die with you. That is not a message for anybody. That's terrible. I don't... If if I'm in love with someone and I die, I want them to live on. I don't want them to go down with me. This is Twilight level. All right? This is Romeo and Juliet, which I love Shakespeare, and I consider Romeo and Juliet his worst possible play. This is people who just don't realize, yes, you can feel like you can't live with someone, uh, without someone. But be honest with yourself. Sacrificing yourself in their name is terrible. It just seems so out of place for the rest of this album and for the, for the rest of their entire catalog. For, for One Republic to write a song with this kind of a theme just doesn't seem right or... or, or uh, It's not fitting to their nature. Not at all. This does not feel like One Republic. No, this whole song does not. I feel like they may have thought there was a different thing going on here and there's a possibility, but it just, it just stuck out so wrong for me. I mean, also the reality could be that Ryan Tedder could have written this song because of something he felt. It might not be... Might not be so much about right or wrong. It might have just been what he was feeling. Whether we find it right or wrong, or he does, is a different story. But it could just be it was written as it were, and it 
Maybe it wasn't as apparent at the time, but it's definitely apparent now. And me and Storm were discussing this. There's other songs that are actually about suicide that are that are actually quality. I feel like if you're going to discuss a song about suicide and about love and about giving or giving up, there's a song by a band called Patent Pending. The song is called One Less Heart to Break. The entire song is the lead singer singing to a boy and a girl. Two separate stories, if you will, about, you know, you know, life's hard. I know it seems like nothing will ever get better, but please don't give us one less heart to break. Don't don't take yourself from the equation. Don't remove yourself from this world. And it's a very emotional song. It's very sad, but it's very well written. But it's sad, happy sad, because it's 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 that even when you don't think you can make it, still go on. Don't give us one less heart to break. You know, that kind of a thing. And that that's a proper message as opposed to, you know, oh, if I can't have you, I don't want to live at all. It's just... There's a, there's another song, there's a song I love, which is by John Mandel and written by Mike Altman, who was 14 year, years old when he wrote this song. Um, it is Suicide is Painless, which, if uh, anybody has seen M.A.S.H., is the actual theme to the, to the TV show. Uh... It was written by this 14-year-old, son of the director, about one of the characters from the movie. And it is an emotional trip, and you feel his pain. And that's what it was. It was meant to convey this undefinable pain. But it wasn't advocating it. And that's what I feel like Something I Need is really saying. That's the biggest problem with Something I Need, is that it does, without saying as much... Explicitly, it does sound like it's advocating that. And someone who's come from the worst and best parts of love, you should never take your life because someone else isn't there anymore. It's it's n- never worth it to lose two lives over one. It's ignoble. Originally, I had expected this to be a debate, but on the whole, you both seem to agree. And I kind of agree, too. I mean, the fact of the matter is that this... The demographic here, for a lot of pop, tends to go toward the upper teens, I'd say. No, I'm not saying that uniformly. I'm just saying that pop pop gets younger people. It A lot of times it does. It's basically the voice of the younger generation. That, those are, of course, the people that are going to misinterpret messages like that. So placing that inside a song is kind of a risky thing. I understand that One Republic probably meant it very uh, innocently, just talking about the emotional strength of the matter, uh, just about talking what it means to him, maybe. Also, though, that being said, before we wrap up this conversation about this song, hearkening back to Eminem and Marilyn Manson and all this other stuff, just because the song does seem to have that suicide mentality to it doesn't mean that music is to be blamed if something happens because you know what yes the song's message is not the greatest and if the lead singer felt this it's still not maybe the best message for the world however it's still a song yes. and and oh, if someone goes down a dark road because of a song it's not the song's fault it's the person's fault the environment's fault the parents fault because i hate when music's blamed no, that's, me too. And believe Using... me, there there are there's music out there with much much harsher and uh, I guess you could say more raw uh, language yes. and themes out there. 
All things considered, all right, yes, this is this is a statement of a possible suicide. Raw. We don't want you to have that. Bad touch. By the Bloodhound Gang. You want to talk raw message. I mean, that is right there in your face. You're right. Let's do it like they do They're, in the Discovery Channel, which, yeah, fun I mean, fact, I thought had the same exact chord progression as the first track of this album. One fact. But, there, yeah, there is much more explicit content out there. Yes. Um, and I'm not bashing that explicit content. In fact, I don't even think we, we have broached the cusp of what is out there. And at some point, I would like to. The thing is, you still have to write it musically. And I'm sticking with this. I, I'm i not as offended by you, John, about this particular track. I, it, For me, it's more of a case of its placement on the album. I think that the album had maintained the sweet vibe. All of a sudden, this got real. I don't think that blends very much with the... I hesitate to call it bubblegum poppy. I won't... No, I won't say that. I won't say that this is where it got real. I would see it in Can't Stop and Au Revoir. And definitely Burning Bridges. It was taking a dark turn. Oh, this definitely took a, a, a darker turn as soon as, um... Still yeah, as soon, Can't as soon Stop as Pop, wasn't as dark as you say it is. I'm as soon sorry. as Can't Stop came, but... But... It, that's not dark. That's just sadness. Sadness isn't dark. Uh, we'll say the sour note. Yeah, Life's all right, sour. we'll go with that. But I don't think dark. that Suicide is just a sour note. Yes, oh, no, I, yes, this is definitely darker than anything else on the album. Yeah, I'm it's darker than many things I've heard here. in my life. Yeah. Um, but then which, this... Suicide is Painless, probably the darkest song I've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're going so on about uh, the lyrics here, because honestly, musically, I have... Well, the track had so little to say. Yeah. So little to say. The, this, Completely forgettable. I, I have I one line on this, and it was very similar to the line of the last track. The drum beat is not contextualized, and that's not needed. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that was all precise. It was yes. pretty much straight to the point. However, the album does take a bit of an upturn, at least with the next track. Um, the song Preacher, which is very much just a love letter from the leads. I imagine the lead singer, although it could be another... Someone in the band, the message of the song is, my grandfather's preacher and he taught me. And it's not... The reason I love this song so much, even though it's not the perfect song on the record, but I like it so much... Love is a strong word. Like this song so much is because it's this. It's not about him being a preacher and God and religion. The preacher part is only important because his father, his grandfather, was taught him, and he was a preacher. It has nothing, not as much to do with the, re- the religion part of it, he more said, to do with that he's learning from his grandfather. I didn't. Who was I, this preacher. I, I don't think anyone in this room ever ever question that it was otherwise right i mean we all no, i know but i'm just saying it it's nice to hear a song like this where it's more about learning from this man because he was his grandfather and a preacher because yes. he was just knowledgeable and not because he was religious that said, is, that said the metaphor is apt and the style of the song is probably the most unique compared to many of the other tracks in this album it has a much more gospel air to it which, which is very is, different than what we had speaking of gospel this is the first time i really felt the choir work was appropriate in the whole album Yes. Yeah. yeah. The only time I really felt it was appropriate. And have a gospel that acquire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's very. Well, it started actually very angelic, even. Yeah. Not, not very. Far. Once again, not very magical lyrics, but clear cut, very appropriate. Uh, very accepting, I think might be the term. And and it was the emotional. Opposite of, con- opposite of condescending. That's what these lyrics were. And and it was very much humble. Yes. Humble. There we go. And you couldn't help but connect to the song at least on a level because it's clear. 
this man loved his grandfather and learned from his grandfather. And that's what this song is about, and that's it. And the message is awesome, which is so weird. I, I don't know why these two tracks are together. Yeah. Maybe to weird. pick you up after something I need. I mean, that could have been it. I don't know. It was it was an unusual, an unusual. composition. This, this, Look again, I am not as down on something I need as much as you guys. I, I musically we already agree, but the thing is, placement wise, I agree that it's kind of a the darkest hole here, but I'm not necessarily I'm not gonna I'm not gonna criticize it for that because at this point I am looking for variation. It had that dark variation at that at least. Okay. Musical merit, I gotta give points for that. It's a fair judgment. Okay. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> m- moving on from 10 and 11, though, 12... <coughs> Excuse me. So 12 is the actual end of the album for the standard version of this album, which is not the version we listened to. We did listen to the extended version. But the standard version ends here, with Don't Look Down. So... I didn't understand any of the words... It was, it was, it was, in tone, it wasn't a terrible outro track. However, it wasn't, there was nothing strong about it either. It was just kind of there. It, it, was, it was, it was, a it was, minute and 30 seconds of ambient noise. Yeah, that's pretty that much what it was. Again. It was the wall. Yeah. The wall tonal uh, quality to this music. It was, if it did anything, it summed up the late 80s synth nature that this entire album is built on. By throwing everything into a pot, shaking the pot around, pouring it out, and calling it music. Precisely. I like my metaphors. They're getting better. A little bit. Yep. I mean, there's really not much to say about the track other than, again, it was a wall of sound. It was kind of final. It it had the finality a bit. You know, it was a decent outro, but as far as outros go, it's not the best one ever made, but it wasn't terrible for what this album was because it did speak a lot to that overall 80s sound that was throughout the album. all it does. In terms of an outro, it doesn't really feel like an outro at all. It actually feels like an interlude. Which is... Which is why I think the deluxe edition included those other tracks. Which is why I'm not even sure how I'm supposed to take this. We judge (coughs) things typically off of the raw standard edition. But it really did feel, it felt like it was blending in to uh, the the mystical track 13 you're not supposed to know about, something's gotta give. Which was actually... Enjoyable. It was I like a good it. Song. I I thought that was would have been much better. Closer. The, the yeah. vocals. Why not throw that on? I was focusing more on the vocals than the lyrics. I was focusing more honestly, on the music than anything else. Honestly, something's got to give or life and color. Either of them could have been a closer for yeah. the album. Better Both than that. In all Both honesty, these things aren't as important as they used to be. Only because you can get downloadable content so easily now. I mean, that you could just even if you bought the physical album with the standard edition, you could just throw this on on iTunes for ninety nine cents. There you go. There you go. You have it now. Yeah. So it's not like you're stuck with what you bought. Yeah. Also, I want to speak to before we start wrapping up, um, the the three tracks after thirteen and fourteen, which were three acoustic versions of three other tracks on the album, which was "If I Lose Myself," "I Lived," and "Burning Bridges," all had acoustic tracks. First of all. They were so much better than the originals. I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. I agree. On, I disagree on if I lose myself. However, yes, burning we bridges. We talk over each other. Maybe we can win one of us. Bur- however, burning bridges and I live definitely much better in acoustic. It spoke more to the talent of the band, to the talent of the singing. It was a lot better. And the weird thing is that I lived 
was almost acoustic to begin with. Why yeah. don't they just go with the full acoustic? And Burning Bridges, for everything I hated about it, I just focused on the music when I was listening to it acoustically. Mm. That was enjoyable. I, I do want to say this, though. Typically, acoustic tracks... enjoyable to me on the musical end. Well, it, it, more uh, enjoyable? Eh. Acoustic tracks included on the same album with the songs having full versions on the same album typically are a cop-out, I feel. However, on this record, I felt like they were a nice kind of end note just because it was like, here's a little something simple that we did enjoy. And the issue I had with Burning Bridges about them trying to go so grandiose on the repetition it, was not present in the acoustic version which did make it more tolerable. Yeah. Mm. More palpable. But to wrap up, we're only going to do 1 through 12. And if anybody else doesn't want to start, I'll start. Go ahead. Okay. Honestly, I found nothing musically enticing about this album. But nothing truly detrimental where I was poking my ears out with the instruments. It was just so meh on the musical aspect of it. So much repetition, so little change, so much ambiance in the music that I just couldn't really get involved with many of the sounds. Lyrically, I liked, not quite loved, but liked If I Lose Myself. I liked, I really liked, I lived, and I thoroughly enjoyed Au Revoir and Preacher. But they just, they were, they were sweet, they just weren't truly inventive, and there's just mediocrity and distaste on the rest of the lyrics. I just cannot enjoy it. And the downturn of Burning Bridges, Something I Need, was just so bad for me. I I know Matt's not going to like this. It's a two. Two-star album. I would not recommend it as an album. Certain songs, yes, but not as an album. Um. No, Matt should take this considering his, so, his look. I think that John's being overly harsh on the record, which he's entitled to be as a reviewer, which is fine. However, this is not as poorly made as Green Day's latest disaster. These, this is not as poorly made as I would agree with that. Um, Maroon Five. It's not as poorly made as Lincoln Park, which were lower, a little lower than that. I just think that you're being overly harsh on it. However, I will articulate my points and maybe I'll bring you around because I've done it before. One Republic is a very talented band and they've shown it in the past. This is not the past. This is their new record. I think Native... This was supposed to be the best of their work, though. Right, according to the lead singer. But again, you can put your foot in your mouth when you speak too soon on something. However, mm. from his point of view, I can see why he's saying that. And here's how I'll explain it. There's an emotional connection on this with this album that you can get. And you know what? He got it. Because for all John hates about something's got to give, he felt something. And he connected. Not in a positive way, but you felt something. It made you violently angry. I didn't feel something about what the song was trying to speak. I disliked the song. That's my feeling. That's not positive. But you had not started it out that way. You actually were talking about the theme and the message. Uh, remind me, because I'm not sure what you're talking about. Well, you were talking about how you hated the suicidal aspect of it. The, the idea that... Oh. No, the idea that I should... That we should die together and all that. Uh, yeah, I just don't like it. I cannot stand it. But I don't... I don't feel... You see, I'm not really connecting emotionally on m the majority of these songs. I'm not getting any emotion out of this. I'm so, 
filled with mediocrity. So... Well, I think Matt makes a little bit of a good point there, though. Only on, on the fact that it, it did rise a reaction out of you. How is... Yeah, but I just gotta say, how is that a good reaction? It's not a good reaction. But it's a reaction. Not all emotions are good. No, only, not all feelings are good. The only comparison that I have for this is... And I feel like you're gonna jump down my throat here. Paper chase. Uh, all no things one... considered, that's not the best message, is it? The whole record is a horrible message. The whole record is anger and fear. And it was damned good at doing it. And I felt anger and fear through the music, not at the music. We're referring to Hide the Kitchen Knives in case that's... I, I will say that's my distinction. If a song is trying to make me feel angry, to feel sad, that's one thing. But if I'm angry at the song for being what it is, not for trying to set up a motif of anger, but for being what it is, I don't like it for what it is. Not what it, I don't like what it's trying to purvey. Be that as it may, though, also, considering what you said and what you graded, it doesn't match. It doesn't. You weren't two, a two's worth of harsh and negative on this record discussing it. That's because I can say for every single one, yeah, almost every single one of these songs, 11 out of the 12 songs, completely repetitive... So they're starting at about a three-star rating overall. So here's a, my... Not inventive in the lyrics and negative on, on, on four or five of these songs. I'm negative on. They're bad. I do not like. Do not want. Again, I think you're being overly harsh. But however, I will give my rating. So One Republic's native, not their best record. However, aside from songs like Something I Need and Burning Bridges where I really just didn't like them... The rest of the songs on the album I enjoy listening to, Arvoir being kind of indifferent towards, because again, it got very repetitive. I felt that the lyrics were not complicated, but were incredibly emotional on many songs. Not all of them, but I felt something on a lot of these songs. I think that the lead singer has a great singing voice, and he did not showcase it enough on this record like he had in the past. However, Counting Stars, If I Lose Myself, Feel Again... I Lived, Can't Stop, Au Revoir, Preacher, are all good, strong songs that got me to feel something. Then songs like What You Wanted, and Burning Bridges, and what was the other one? And Light It Up. I didn't really get much from other than, meh, meh. And then there's something I needed, where I viscerally reacted to. But I also viscerally reacted to the horror, the horror and the thought of someone wanting to kill themselves because they love someone so much. That being said, if that's what they're going for with that song, I mean, that, that can be a thing. Uh, we, I, we've credited artists for the positive end of the same thing. I'm inclined to agree with that. So, that being said, this is nothing special there are special moments i still love if you lose my if i lose myself i think the message in that song is powerful and palpable it's about getting lost in yourself and someone rescuing you from it and i've been there and this song describes it perfectly as well as can't stop the fact that you love somebody so much that you can't stop loving them i've been there and the reason it starts to sound maybe scary and creepy because it does get scary for the person when you can't explain why you can't stop, but you can't eat, you can't sleep, you can't breathe, 
you can't stop loving this person, that song conveys it with stars. It's a five-star song emotionally. It conveys it, and you feel it. No matter who you are, if you felt that, you feel it there. That being said, I give this album a straight three. It's average. It could have been better if there weren't so many downturns, but this is not a bad pop record. It's an average pop record. There are things that go up and things that go down, and it kind of averages out. I want to give it a 3-5, and I really do. And songs like Burning Bridges, Something I Need, and, and Au Revoir, even though it's pretty, doesn't do anything for me, those songs bring it down. That being said, also, the acoustics and the two tracks that weren't included in the album, first, the fact that they weren't included in the album was completely, completely ridiculous, because they would have helped this album a lot. However, there's probably a reason. Maybe the original edit was they weren't finished yet. Who knows? But that might have brought it up to a 3-5 for me because there would have been a, a handful of more stronger songs and also better versions of songs on the record. But wrapping up, it's a solid 3. I like the record. I will continue to listen to it, though I probably won't listen to a handful, of, a couple of tracks. But I think the strengths in it keep it at level. Okay. I agree with much of what you said there. And I'm very, I'm kind of just abstaining from the whole vote on, uh, on something I need. I think, I think that you could really go either way with it. Everyone is allowed to like or dislike a song for the message that it has. And all things considered, I kn it's that explicit fact. I know there's so much more explicit stuff out there that I can't be that affected by this. Um, there's also times, as I said before, where... I have to yield to the more learned critics out there because this is just one of those cases where I, I need to see what someone else makes of this in in this uh, the realm of pop music. I mean, the thing is, I, I'm not really that keen on pop to begin with, and everybody kind of knows that. So I need to see what this does for pop, if it does anything, because I see a lot of the same, and I need to see if they see it too. So I'm going to throw out just a couple more quotes. All music... S puts a question out there. How do they stand in a sea of artists who sound so similar to them? Primarily because as a songwriter, Tedley has Ted Tedder has largely defined much of the entire pop sound. In many ways, One Republic are a clearinghouse for mainstream pop sensibilities. <laughs> I thought that was just an incredible quote, and I couldn't agree more. I'll continue. Entertainment Weekly. Native is chemically pure pop rock. Flavorless transparent and potent enough to melt your resistance like battery acid contains soaring evangelical choruses of prescription prescription strength goosebump inducers like feel again and if i lose myself very early on inducers <laughs> nothing about the continuation of that and finally rolling stone native is catchy and predictable big melodies inspirational lyrics production that sits between pop and rock and dance Tedder is a song savant who is a boring and characterless singer. I don't know how else to add. I mean, you guys have basically talked at, at length about your feelings on this album, and I don't have that many feelings, which is why I have to just refer my... I, I, I read this after I already felt exactly what I had just read. So, <laughs> why struggle for words? It's average. I agree with Matt. Three. I want, I want to add something. Yes? I'm pretty sure your quotes contradicted themselves. 
<laughs> Which one, ones? One, uh, Rolling Stone said he was a listless singer, while the previous quote said he had quality singing. I never heard anything, but I mean, the thing no. is, I, I had, I had myself said quality singing. That is not the same thing as character. Okay. I think Characterless that, I think that and this quality is, are not the same. Characterless is exactly what we were trying to sum up earlier with regards to uh, the fact that he doesn't push his voice as far as it could go. I see that in the ornamentation, which is so fleeting. The ornamentation is there and it's gone. And then we're back to the melody, which he just sings. There's very little oomph behind it. I, you want I oomph? I want oomph. I'll give you oomph. <laughs> So, no, I actually felt that all of them, I mean, for once, usually, no, all usually the quotes I re- were spot on and very, accurate. very consistent. And I, I simply don't have any more to add that sums up to an average album. I think eh. that there, there were a couple tracks that did get me slightly emotional, but it, nothing to speak of. I almost wanted to push it a little bit lower, but the fact is, it's pop we're talking about. I, I think he was very aware of what he was doing. Not everything can be Robbie Williams. Not everything yeah, can be... Yeah, that's the thing. I, this can't be anywhere near a four. A three is very different from a four because we've already stated that three is an average realm and four is something that maybe pushes the boundary. There's no irony here in this music. Absolutely no. none whatsoever. It's completely a face value for what it is, more or less. Yeah. He's not trying to sway you. You either like it or you don't. I mean, that's really it. And I think that John hit a few notes within the album that were so visceral to him that personally made him like it less yeah i think the only reason that i push it to three instead of the two range is because um i i appreciate the attempt at introspective the the fact of the matter is the vast majority of pop doesn't have it and i I appreciate that he was trying to induce uh introduce it even if it wasn't always the best i mean when you have stuff like one direction out there and at least this is trying something I mean, I can't fault it too hard for being average, at least, because it, it it is average. It's it's better than the crap, but it's not as good as some of the better stuff like Timberlake and its ilk. Yeah, I would definitely recommend the first track to people. Yeah, um, I would recommend the first three songs for different reasons. There would be three, but I would also recommend Can't Stop. Like, I mean, there are a lot of songs I would recommend. I think that's where it really comes down to it. Can't Stop completely soured on me. And, uh, what was another one you liked? Light It Up? No, I hate Light It oh, Up. Okay. Uh, well, it's, it, the really thing is, there's one, two, three, four, five, there's five songs that I don't think are mediocre, that I think are just bad. But that, Bad songs. But that's the difference, is that... Three good, not great, but good, average, no. slightly above, but... I am definitely moving away so from my whole thing about the whole, uh, <laughs> I mean, I had said just last week that... Songs that bore me really are of, oh, I might change my vote a little bit, but not by much. 2.9. Oh, 2.9. This is the minus. This is just the minus. There's just not enough inventive material here for me to call it completely average. That's an, As a singer, I think he should move. He should be using that to its fullest. It just feels so constrained at the moment. So that's my minus point. That's, it's like getting a B minus on a test. Look why? Why can you just give me the rounded B? Yeah, well, I just told you. That's it. And this is a good segue into our topic, which we'll 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 talk shortly about. Um, lyrics and vocals are an integral part of music. There's multiple ways. I tried to get into this. There's multiple ways to present your lyrics to uh, your constituents, to the people listening to your music. 
multiple ways include using your lyrics as purely a vocal instrument. Uh, you get that a lot with Daft Punk, which I'm really excited about. Their new album coming out. Had to throw that in there. But they use their singing as another beat in their songs. There's a lot of bands. And Harmonies and uh, Steam Power Giraffe also did this. Created a musical note as opposed to just hearing words. There's also the storytelling aspect. Uh, where you're actually explaining a situation. Uh, folk tales do this a lot, but there's a lot of music that does this. A lot Con- of different country almost, country does almost this the entire lot. genre. Almost. Um, I'm not a big fan of country, which is weird because I love folk. And the only reason why I'm not a big fan of country is because I, I, I guess I just don't like a lot of the I content find folk, that's involved. I find folk to be more relatable than country. Exactly. And I know that that's walking a thin line there, but not so thin. Folk is, folk is almost universal. Everyone has their different kind of funk, but country, we're really confining ourselves to the Midwest and the South. That's really where it was born, and that's kind of where it stays for except for people that have a you know just a niche thing with it another type of lyrical use is the cunning style the witty style which is what i would attribute to a lot of rap speaking quickly throwing out imagery and uh weird rhymes things like that really getting someone involved with your voice where the music takes a backbeat to it Steve's looking back, all con- back seat. Yeah. Back seat. <laughs> Steve's looking very contemplative about this. Yeah, no. In general, I agree with that. I mean, like, I'm not going to disagree with your my, lineup here. My These favorite... are definitely all valid per, uh, uses of lyrics. And I'm, 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 I'm expanding upon all this. The final one I would say is kind of a standard verse, chorus, verse, chorus, refrain, kind of a setup, yeah. where you sing a part which is poetry you build to a chorus that becomes your repetition you sing a part which is poetry back to your repetition yeah like I, and these, these things these things generally are supposed to have just simple messages nothing really to write home about in many ways you can connect that to uh what we just listened to but at the same time uh, you can prefer one of one medium of lyrics over another. You also uh, le- I feel like you've left out a st- style of lyrics as well. Oh. C- complete, and non- complete and total nonsense. We're talking Rob Zombie, oh. Dio. Lyrics that don't... No, not even. <laughs> that lyrics that don't... Aren't, lyrics that are, are more about the words than the lyrics. For example, a lot of Rob Zombie's songs that he sang like Super Beast and Hellbilly Deluxe and all of these... Uh, um, Dragula are songs that are just about things. It's not really. There's no message. There's no emotion. It's just kind of this fast-paced fun is, that was has you, no message. Is was you are exactly yeah, and the phone, oh, okay. And the pony was a phony. Was a lie. I'll say that's a, that's a, that's a combination <laughs> of the musical aspect of the vocals and the wit aspect of the vocals. I guess yeah. But no, it is yeah, unique. I, I, I will give you that. That is a unique kind of area of it. I do throw that in with wit. I find it um, even a quirk, a sense of quirkiness can be wit as long as you have something to spin. I think Primus does that a lot. Yes. Primus can be They're very so, they silly. Have, they have songs that can be about absolutely nothing that don't make any sense, yeah. And then they have songs that are story songs, like Tommy the Cat, which is all it is is, is a story, pretty much, from the perspective of this one really old guy. Well, when you're borrowing Tom Waits, of course. Yeah, that's true. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because 
And now that I think about it, Matt, you're really right. That is a that is another aspect. Nonsense. And that's probably the only one I'm not truly into. All these other aspects I'm talking about, I really love, and I love the combination of them. Hmm. I'm uh, no, I'm going to distinctly say, and that is another reason for my little two point nine there, that I'm moving away from your simple themed verse chorus structure. I'm not to say that it cannot be done well, as well as one can. Yes. But there's nothing about it inherently inherently that I, I, I find groundbreaking. We've had, it, we've had it for that a very, a, very long time. It's a much more... Yes, that is probably, at least in modern music, we'll say the last 120 years, is a very standard way of doing it. Yeah. Though something... I don't, I don't like, 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 like cut-and-pasting, I guess you could say. The folktale is even older, yet that I seem to attach more that's, readily to. That's got... That's got the kitsch factor a little bit. Just because we're so removed from it. I think that's why people like... People like what... what uh, you guys do old. know, though, that there are bands that we idolize and hold up to a higher standard that have done that verse-chorus and oh, not yeah. done anything with it, right? Uh, of course. I'm, I'm saying... Okay. But, well, personally, more recently, I have moved away from it. Okay. Though I still... It's, it's when that is combined with something else, when it's combined with wit. Like in uh, uh, Steam Power Giraffe, for our primary example. Like System of a Down, growing up. I love the wit in their lyrics. But it does have a very standard verse-chorus setup. I still listen to all the music. Weezer. I know Steve's going to hit me. Weezer. Blink. <laughs> Blink's got a lot of wit in it. A lot of joke in their lyric. But it's very, very standard. That's yeah. the thing. I think that's what that's um, what you're trying to get at. And I... Uh, the fact of the matter is, Matt, when we're talking about just the verse-chorus structure, I think that it is aided when it incorporates one of those other factors as well. Like, in addition. Right. Like, if you're going to do a verse-chorus structure, please include some wit. A good, or please include uh, a story. But if it's just the simple, bare-bones theme, or that's when I'm, I'm kind uh, of... No, I understand. And, and 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 a good example of it is actually something we listened to right before the podcast called Thrift Shop. We were listening to it. It does have a very standard verse chorus. Oh, because the completely co- standard. But it's, what they do with the instrumentation and with the verses specifically make it rise above. The song is it's a comedy. joke. Yeah, and the song also, is about getting excited about buying things at a thrift shop. Yeah. the lyrics. Are I got a twenty dollars in my pocket. I can't wait to spend it at a. Thrift shop. It's no, no, hilarious. No. The lyrics are a joke. The lyrics. Yeah. The song is serious. Yeah. The song is a legitimate joke. The song is not ad hoc a joke. Yeah, it's you're legitimate. Careful about that. It's legitimate. It is a. It's actually. I mean, it does have quality. a legitimate point to it. Yeah. It's very That's what I mean. tongue. It's very tongue in cheek, as we said before. The um the fact of the matter is, yes, Lonely Island. But mm, well, that's straight up comedy. But it uses very tried and true forms. Of course. And it's all about the wit. Yeah. The thing is, it's parody. And Thrift Shop is parody as well. Even even though they take themselves moderately seriously. Though not I'm all sure. witty music, not all of that style is parody. Right. Because I, I'll point at of course my not. favorite That's rappers. One example. And it's not because I'm a white kid. I love Eminem. Especially later Eminem. Early stuff, I can well, take it or leave I mean, it. The... Later stuff really gets quality in message. Mm. And he's just so fast and so good with the, the spitting. 
And if we want to talk parody, the purest form of parody will always be Weird Al. Weird Al is parody. His three times speed polka renditions? When he covers a rap song, he raps just like the rapper, but he changes the lyrics and it's a complete parody. He is the definition of parody in music. And yet he still does originals that are also witty and fun that aren't parody. Of course. Well, the things, things like Weird Al, we don't have to sit around here and decide what he's all about. Oh, yeah, we I mean, know. Come on. He's the embodiment of these things. Yeah. I, I don't think we're even going to talk about comedy because comedy's so straightforward. I yeah. mean, it, there's definitely well, people out there who walk the line. But is and it? And I think Thrift Shop is a better example because there's, you're definitely supposed to get a laugh from it. Yeah. Definitely. But I'm not going to discredit them as a, as a real band. And I will say every comedy, every piece of comedy, this is a side, is rooted in tragedy. Um. <laughs> Lonely Island? Yes. Some tragedy in there, really? The tragic nature of rap. The pitfalls. Yes. You mean? Okay, no, no, I, I don't. I can't even believe it. Satire. I, I can't even. I just wanted to see what your reaction was. Yeah. But of course, yes. It's it's interesting to refer to it. As and tragedy. I love that. I love that aspect about comedy, which is probably why I prefer tragedy over everything else. I like a good sob story, not because I like to cry, but I love to see the hero fall. And the main reason of this is. There's always, my favorite story will always have a little bit of a twist, a little bit of satire in this tragedy, which brings out the comedic elements of tragedy. Because if you can't laugh at death, you're going to be afraid. A good example. Well, parody itself is taking a needle and just popping the bubble yes. of a lot of these But people. a good example of a blend of tragedy and comedy is actually one of our touted artists who are definitely going to be on the best of as we get towards the end of the year, but... Um, Rex Marksley by Steam Power Giraffe. <laughs> that song starts out very straightforward comedy storytelling, but then it ends on a very solemn note. It his death is really dark. He died out on the prairie somewhere but alone. The, but to keep the comedy, they, they bring, bring the back chorus. The, of course, and it's course. and it's a great and I think that's why it, it functions so well as a great song as well as a great story. You really fell in love with that song because it 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 it, it blends those images and and it's not even just comedy and tragedy there's a heroic it's, nature to it too a, when they're describing him fighting each villain it takes off into this superhero it's story a, it's a witty folk song yeah it's it really a blends a lot story. of great emotional elements within one song it's like a, it's almost an episode of Warner Brothers I mean honestly and I didn't realize this until I listened to it more but I know we were on lyrics but I, I'm kind of taking it in an emotional direction I emotionally connected to a lot of <laughs> we Steam switched pa- topics really I connected very emotionally to a lot of Steve Howard Giraffe songs that I didn't expect to. Like, honestly, listening to, and Steve made me notice it, re-listen to the intro track to Make Believe. I can't remember the name of it. Prelude to a Dream. Prelude to a Dream. It's not about dreaming. It's about being afraid of shutting down for the first time. Hmm. The lyrics talk about, you know, um, you know, is it painful? You know, will I wake yeah. up? All these things. And it, we just kind of blended into make believe before I could really explain that on air. Yeah, and that's another thing that we uh, frequently overlook because even though we've uh, much, we've we're beyond first reactions now. We let things sit for a little bit. We don't let the things sit for a long time, yeah. really long time before we review them, um, because we still want to keep a little bit of that first reaction element. But the thing is, uh, and I think the track that you're talking about is a perfect example. When it comes to lyrics, 
sometimes you really just have to sit with it. You really yeah. have to learn to love the words, uh, which is why sometimes I feel like we can really jump the gun. Like, yes, you can get initial meaning, but even even with a case like uh, something I need here, I, I think even with that case, you might be able to pick up something more from it later on. But also, you never know. But also, you never know, John. I, I'll, give an, I'll give it an honest try and let you guys know next week. Uh, but... But also with lyrics especially, though, I feel like we're not doing any disjustice by not giving it that longer time because, again, my opinion my opinion of that intro track to make believe, Prelude to a Dream, has not changed. I still like the song the same and think it's as good either way. I just understand it better. There's better That's depth. not changing how I, how I judge it, only how I, how I interpret it. There's Sometimes depth. it can, though. It can. It may not in this instance, but I, well, I, okay. I honestly believe that... That'll be the way back home. You did say that song has grown upon you it greatly. It does, yes. And I do like that song more now It's still a fairly shallow song. It is. Especially for that record. Um, very straightforward. Doesn't have a lot of depth. Has wholesomeness to it. But honestly, the lyrics are what warmed me up to it. Because I like the chorus. And I like the way they sing the chorus. So, I mean... Well, harmonies. Yeah. You know what song I, I... Every time I listen to, I keep understanding a different aspect of it. Ramble on. By? Led Zeppelin. Oh, Led Zeppelin, okay. Ramble on! No, I love not a that Led Zeppelin song. fan. That's another, that's a song that Send I your hate mail to crashcords, uh, blog at gmail.com. I don't like actually, Led Zeppelin. Plenty of people actually dislike Led Zeppelin. Okay. Um, I always get the, what? You don't like well, Led I, Zeppelin? I once had someone tell me that it wasn't, that it wasn't even popular in the 70s. That's bull. That is bull. It was the later 70s that they truly became popular. Of course. Yeah, the thing they were a lot of people a lot of people think of Led Zeppelin as the counterpoint to oh, while uh, we're ram- to no to disco as a genre, like oh like Led Zeppelin represented everything that was the opposite of the disco crowd. I could see that, <laughs> but you know what? Ramble on one of my favorite parts of it that truly got me hooked on that song that I actually have studied it. The line where they're talking about Tolkien's uh, Lord of the Rings. See that got lost on me. There's one line where he goes, and Gollum and the evil orc stole her away from me. Yeah. Well, Which is talking about Tolkien. And I love little cool. aspects. And Led Zeppelin did this in several of their songs. They kind of, they throw something in there that once you pick up on it, just make you chuckle. Just make you feel, oh, <laughs> that's cool. And, and also, talk, <laughs> while we're talking about lyrics. He's chuckling now. Clearly, while we're talking about works. lyrics, and I'm probably going to keep riding the Steam Powered Giraffe thing because they brought a lot of stuff to light that we hadn't seen before. <laughs> Remember you were saying that you think that Honeybee might be one of your favorite songs of the year? Uh, hmm. So far. Can I tell you why I think that is? Well, for me? Well, maybe not for you, but just in general with the song. Yes, yes. Psychoanalyze me right now. Tell me psycho? why I love something. It's I would psycho. love to hear this. It's psychoanalyze. I think it's deeply rooted. It's deeply rooted in the lyrics. As pretty as the music is, we all agree that even though the lyrics are not complicated, they're some of the most beautifully sung lyrics so we've heard. Sweet. Turpentine erased me whole. I don't want to live this life alone. It's so to the point. But you can't not feel from those lines. They are so completely transparent and emotional. We talked about it before. Yes, but, 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 that is not the sole reason why I love that song. That's one element. But that's not even what I first picked but up I wa- But I wasn't saying why you loved it. You imposed that on this. I was simply saying why it might be one of the best songs of this uh, that we've heard. Okay, but that's for you. Yes. Then 
speak to yourself then. That's why you think it might be the best song of the year for you. Yes. Fair enough. Because for me, it's all, it's, a lot of it is music. A lot, right. of, a lot of it, surprise, surprise, you know, it's always back to the music. It's the layering of that song that what that's really enhanced the sweetness factor. It's not just the lyrics. Yes, Turpentine Erase Me Whole is an absolute beautiful lyric, but it's the way that they swept in with one another. So, of course, this is a little bit off-topic for lyrics. I'm just saying that the lyrics provided a... How to put it? I think that's a perfect example of something you, I would have to listen to more to fully appreciate. Does not hurt exactly what you were saying before. Right. Does not hurt my love for the song, but I might understand it better even in the future. At the moment... That was more what I was trying to do. We have to buy Joe Rude a cake. <laughs> or find out what cake or pie he likes. Because we're going to be talking about this band all year. Probably. Clearly. Yeah. Do we have any other examples, though, for lyrics? Because, uh... Lyrics? Uh... Okay, I have a great example of how lyrics can be completely contrary and may not even wait, wait, drive wait. a song. Wait, wait, wait. I have something that will keep the theme before you diverge the theme. Okay. Do you want to diverge the theme, or can I keep the theme? Well, you can keep the theme. I mean, this is part of the theme, too. The Doors. <laughs> Jim Morrison, I, I, I believe to be one of the greatest okay. lyricists of all time. Um, I am not going to dispute that in any way. Me neither. Now touch me, baby. That. That line. And I was done. First time I heard that song, I was done. Huh. Can't you see that Definitely I am not Definitely not the one afraid. that I would have picked out of everything. Which, what song? Um, pfft. Light My Fire? I mean, mm. oh, Break on let's through. See. Break on through? Mm. It's a very visceral song. What was that promise that you made? Um. It's actually a very difficult question, asking me to single out a Doors lyric. Yeah, well, Jim Morrison. Oh, may he rest in peace. Morrison was a terrible singer, a terrible musician, but was one of the greatest poets that ever lived. That's right. Well, that's the thing. It's all about context, and this is one of the reasons I stress about context. Because whatever you do, you should know your strength. So just to wrap it back to this album here, the strength was the vocals. I, is anyone going to disagree with that for today's no. album? No. No. The strength with the vocals, but was it used to the best of its ability? Not even Not close. Not even close problem so take the doors we all know that jim morrison wasn't exactly melodicizing everything a lot of it was just speech and poetry over music yes it was atmospheric and may, most people consider the doors to be the first psychedelic or even if not psychedelic the first atmospheric rock out there because we're talking mid-60s and they were far and beyond anything of like British skiffle rock, you know, Elvis. These are the kind of the early 60s beach rock. All these things were so... Let's have fun. You know, that was rock and roll. And then, all of a sudden, Jim Morrison says, no, I can make this poetry. You sit back and you enjoy this as one would a symphony. Because I'm probably going to jam along this, uh, <laughs> along this riff for the next 25 minutes. That's pretty incredible. He knew what he was about, and he knew how to wow the audience at the time. I know what I'm doing tonight. I'm Even going to home. prove going that home rock was a Doors album. <laughs> yeah. Are you were saying, Matt? Oh, I mean, the only thing I was trying to prove was to the contrary lyrics and the lyrics that don't make sense, but still have pull. 
with how they're sung. One of the more famous one-hit wonders of the 90s, the Crash Test Dummies, and their song simply titled, Mm-hmm-hmm-hmm. It's a bunch of mini stories, so it has the storytelling aspect, but the stories don't really make a lot of sense, and there's no chorus connecting them. Yet, it still works in the framework it's presented in. Not quite that same extent, but songs where the lyrics just are kind of just out there. Safety Dance. Yes. And Mr. Roboto. Absolutely. Two songs yeah. that are just... They're stories. Truly great, but not because they're songs. Because mm. I love Mr. Roboto. Mr. Roboto. Yeah. And Safety Dance. Come on. You could dance if you want to. You can leave yourself behind. Because your friends don't dance, and if they don't dance, they're no friends of mine. I have to do it. Okay, but just let's go back. All of this, all of this is, um, these are examples of your very first bullet mark. The lyrics that are being used more so as instruments. Yes. They're the kind of thing that you sing along and you just kind of move with it. You don't really care after a while Where what the you, hell you're singing. You're actually going... Dun, 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 dun. You're singing the chords after yeah. a while. Like, I, I, I wouldn't leave my friends behind, but I'll still sing that lyric. I'm probably <laughs> with my friends. Clearly it's not working. <laughs> so, alright. Well, let's... Thumbs up. Yeah, lyrics. I mean, at this point, I think we're just going to start touting and listing song names, and we could probably do that for hey, another I, three I, hours. You, you mean like we usually do? You know yeah, what? I got, our topics, I yeah. got to talk about the doors again, so I'm happy. Um, I miss an actual conversation lately. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is just listing lately. Well, no, we we use examples. No, I'm glad. And... I am actually very glad, John, that you broke it down into the bits parts that you did. Because... Um, so, next week, what are we doing? It's your pick, don't ask me. Uh, Paramore. By with their, with their self-titled album, Paramore. Paramore. Um, um, this should be... I mean, I actually, I'm kind of uh, excited for this record. I have hopes I for it. I haven't heard them in like five years. Their last record was really good. I have no idea brand new what eyes. to really It was called expect. Brand New Eyes. I think I'm going to... The thing is, with, when it comes to Paramore, this is going to be very, very different from anything we've done recently because Paramore I recognize as being fun. Yeah. Very, very fun. I'm the not band at, or the emotion? Uh, both. Okay. I mean, I don't know. It could be an association Paramore thing. Paramore is a band that they play fast, but they, they, they write emotional songs, but they, they do... They present their music in a very specific age range, and it, it, it's kind of on the popular side of rock music. But they are they're a rock band. Very they're, rock. Very rock. But they have a more... They're they're heavy rock with a little bit of pop as opposed to the opposite, which we hear a lot more. I'd up them. I would even up them to indie, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Indie wanna... rock in many ways is the pop rock of today's generation. Uh, that's true. That's what it is now, at least. Oh, I got Maybe it. it wasn't five years ago. Actually, I forgot it about still this. Was five years ago. I forgot about this, but there is Paul McCartney's coming out with something new too. He is doing the soundtrack for Bungie's new game, Destiny. Oh yeah, you had mentioned this, I think. Hmm. Off air. Yeah. But that's going to be our next soundtrack, and that should be in December. Also, he's playing at Barclays Center in June. I might go, maybe, hopefully. How much maybe? the tickets? <laughs> if I have money. Oh, okay. well, how much the tickets? I forget. 
let Probably me know. Bef- a lot. <laughs> let me know before you buy tickets. Because yeah. if- I missed him last year at the Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I didn't so see him. I want to see him as well. I've never. That is the only band I can't. The only individual musician I can see that I have not seen and want to. Well, let's put it this way. I mean, for our generation, seeing a former Beatle is pretty much the be all end all. So why don't we all we agree? Have so long. Why don't we all agree on air that Steve's gonna find out how much these tickets are, and we're gonna discuss if we can actually go Fair enough. as a group. And forget you guys, I'm probably going anyway. <laughs> why did I say it? <laughs> anyway. I, have, I have the the most disposable of incomes of anyone here. True. Anyway, um, so we'll wrap up. Um, so we're doing Paramore next week. Um, we're gonna look, look to get back into the swing of having guests in May. Um, we have a few people lined up, but. Um, I don't feel like rambling about all the BS. You know Facebook. You know all that stuff. You can check it yourself. And uh, If you're here, you know us. Yeah, pretty much at this point. Um, if like you us. <laughs> if, you, if you don't know us, then Steve is on my right, Matt's on my left, and I'm John. And as always... No. No? No. We have user mail. Oh, right. Oh, we almost course. forgot our... Oh, yes. oh yeah. We were, as as always, forgot. we have mail. Yeah, we do have mail. That's our true. lovely... Bam. Pretty component to content. I simply stumbled upon your site and in accession capital to say that I acquired, in fact, enjoyed account your weblog posts. Anyway, I will be subscribing to your augment. Okay. Or even I achievement you access consistently quickly. <laughs> uh, by amplahomecinema.org. Is that perhaps uh, our most incoherent yet? Thank you very oh. much, probably. Mr. Roboto. P- probably. I mean, I, I mean, it again. I Mr. was afraid. I was afraid that halfway through, Steve was having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Left side of his face started drooping. Or even I achievement you access consistently. What the hell is going on? You're speaking in tongues. Apparently. Uh. But that is the worst bot. You fail as a bot. I'm sorry. Even as a bot, you just fail. <laughs> Says what? <laughs> Roboto? Roboto? Ah, call back. Are you done? Why are you looking at me? He's the one still talking. <laughs> he was going to say something. And though. anyway, music is life, and, and life, life is, is good. good.